Welcome into Dynasty Trades HQ. I am Michael Sipes, and I'm here with my partners, Jeremy Broen. Hey, how's everyone doing? It's uh, Madman here. And Shane Manila. Yeah, it's me. And of course, I am not Michael Sipes. I am, I'm not nearly that sexy. I am Troy Olson, but thought we'd play it up a little bit so that uh, those of you that expected that, that's what you'd get. No, I am Troy Olson. I am actually joined today by Shane Manila because Shane does not allow Dynasty Trades HQ to go without a show. Not one week, not ever. And that's always been his mantra since the days that I first started out in um, DFF. That was always Shane's mantra was if you're going to do a podcast, you do it every week. And apparently, even if you need to go get a host from the Patreon, that's what you do. So I am Troy Olson at Voice in Fuego. I'm glad to be back in the podcasting realm, talking a little fantasy football. I'm actually joined not by Anthony or Jeremy or whatever his name is this week. This week, he is Kyle Sen- Senra. Kyle, how you doing? Uh, great. Uh, I'm at Sandra says on Twitter and uh, Troy, Shane, uh, great to be here. Great, to, great to talk. Uh, I'm not a madman. I don't actually believe I'm, I'm Jeremy Brown, but uh, I'll do my best to uh, deliver as good of quality as Jeremy is. Um, and then of course, Shane at Shane is the worst, which is the most deceptive uh, Twitter tag of all time. Cause he is not the worst. If you spent five minutes talking to him, you know, better than that. Uh, Shane's got us muted. I was going to say, Shane, how you doing? But no, I, I took you off mute. No, I'm, this is an, I won't pitch to patron later, but hey, this is another benefit of joining patron. You never know when you might be called upon to record, edit, and host a show for us, I guess. <laughs> this is actually the second time I've edited for you because yes. I couldn't get on, and I think it was you and Kane last time, and I couldn't get on because, well, I could have, but we had made plans with the neighbors to drink, and uh, I chose drinking over you, so... So that's uh that's how that happened. Um, just and I don't I don't blame you. I, if I <laughs> my had my druthers, I'd be drinking right now. To be honest with you. Oh wait, I can. I can. It's July Fourth weekend. That's right. Go America. I'm actually. I mean, don't you have don't you have the freedom to drink whenever you want? To? We do. We do. Well, not during work hours. <laughs> At work, they frown upon that in America. I know, I don't know how they do in Canada. So I had a job where we could drink on Fridays for a while legally or it was just more of a under the like hey no it was originally it was a small owned company and then it got out bought out by a major printer conglomerate um we were their software department but on fridays there was we had a friday meeting every week and they would have bagels and beer downstairs and um so you'd start there and then everybody'd bring six packs i think we even had a keg a couple of times and it was pretty awesome so i was Uh i I like it Shane now looking for applications for that that same place. Uh, Eggles and beers. They they no longer do that. uh, (laughs) The the big conglomerate put the kibosh on that. Yeah, that sounds like a a way to um, HR violations, uh, allowing drinking at work. Like way too much can go wrong with that. The company that I work for now, which is NCR, and they're looking for a lot of helps and a lot of fields. So if you're looking for a job, ncr.com slash careers and send me your resume and I'll help you. Um, But they, uh, they actually do some sort of Thursdays thing now. I don't know if you can rank, but they do like party Thursdays or terrific Thursdays or something at the world headquarters in Atlanta, which I've never even seen because when we go to training, we get sent to Peachtree, Georgia, which is south of Atlanta. And we've never seen the big, great main building. But NCR is a great company and they, they do a lot of fun things, but they light uh, that up every Thursday on their social media. So Troy, I, I don't want to hear you complaining about going to Georgia for training. Oh, I don't get to go to the good Georgia. I work in public housing 
Um, and for a large part of my uh, career there, the trainings we would go to would be at the projects. So, um, not much of a vacation, right? Like you're not really, you don't need a hotel. Like you don't feel fancy. No, we would go to the, uh, the projects, the PJs. And if anybody's grown up in the city, you know, what the PJs are developments is what we call them now. Um, is the euphemism. Any who, Hey, we got news. Yeah, go ahead. We we, we got news and it's brought to you by, um, underdogfantasy.com. Um, because they are promoting every podcast. But if you sign up right now with promo code TRADESHQ, you get a free 25 bucks. Um, and uh, then you can gamble and do some, uh, not gamble, excuse me. Then you can do some best ball drafting. Um, I've done a bunch of those and uh, I'm really good at it, I got to say. <clears throat> so big news. Um, I, I don't know which one I want to lead with. This one's more, this one's actually football related. So let's go with that. Baker Mayfield to have more on his plate per the Cleveland plane dealer, Mary Cable. Cable? Cable. You know how to say her name, right? Cable. So, you know, the story goes on the note that this is the first time in Baker's career, four years, that he's going to have the same OC playbook um, in back-to-back seasons. Um, So just without looking at his stats from last year, which I already did and the year prior, how high do you guys think Baker could uh, finish? One at a time, not both at the same time. So I'm thinking without the tremendous, and I mean, he did uh, run a little more than usual. I did look up his, uh, his counting totals. And so under this new Cleveland offense, maybe a little bit more rushing production, although he ran a little more, but he didn't really gain that many more yards. He was less efficient than the the season before, even the offensive line was good. So you can't really rush on him or count on him for a rushing floor. I I can speak properly eventually. Um, And so I don't, I don't see him being able to get into the season at the end of the season QB 12. He, he has enough ceiling to maybe get to be a QB one certain weeks, but not consistent enough to finish as a top 12 quarterback at the end of the season. So I mean, I'm thinking top 20, I, I compare him to a couple guys like Derek Carr. I think, he, you know, comparable, basically non-existent floor run heavy offense. I probably think I like the offense better in Cleveland than, uh, than in Vegas right now. So I probably would have Baker ahead of Carr. So I see both the top 20 quarterbacks, but back end of the top 20, maybe they're like 18, 19 next to each other at the end of the season. God, I like him a lot more than you do. A lot more. Well, how much more? I'm I'm trying to, I had a look to make sure I wasn't going to say something really stupid, but. Um, you mean I, something like he's the QB two, like I said know, three years ago? Well, that see, but that I don't think he's going to be quite there. But I don't think it's un, unreal to think he could be a top ten because the thing is, you can almost guarantee that at least one of the running quarterbacks are going to get hurt at some point or get banged up enough that they're out for a couple three games. And I guess he's kind of a running quarterback too. But um, I don't think he's going to get hit as much as some of the others. Not like uh, Allen or or Murray or um, you know even even Russ runs quite a bit and gets banged up here and there. But um, yeah, I just I think with everything that's going on with Watson, you know, he may not play at all. Aaron Rodgers, I think he plays, but can he repeat as good as he was last year or, or you know, remain that is, you know, Tom Brady's still stealing from the devil on this whole uh, fountain of youth thing. I, I don't know. I could see those guys dropping and I definitely could see Baker moving up. Brady will probably be QB one now that I said that, but. I don't know. I think, I think you, I don't think it's crazy to think he's going to be in the top 10. Um, I definitely would put him in the top 15. He was 17 last year from the, 
the site that I just found. So, I mean, if he's, if he was there last year, another year under the belt, two years with the same playbook and OC, I think that's a, I think that's a big deal. So I think I did definitely top 15, but I could definitely see top 10. So I thought he was better than he actually was last year. And I also thought that his run when he, he, we thought he was better than he was, uh, was actually a lot longer, but he only had four QB one uh, weeks last year, um, three of them in a row from week 13 to 15. He's the QB 25 in points per game because I don't care about overall points um, unless we're playing in rotisserie leagues. Although I don't even know, does that matter in football? I don't even know if that matters in rotisserie leagues. Is that the right way? Am I saying that wrong? Rust this year? Rust this year? How are you supposed to say that? It's rotisserie, but I don't know. I don't. Isn't that chicken? I've never done roto in um, in fantasy football, only like basketball and baseball. So I couldn't imagine doing it in football. No, um, me neither. And uh, so I looked at his stats the year before that. He was the QB 26. I mean, outside of his rookie year when he had that fun little stretch and then, um, you know, he crushed the second half of the year with Freddie Kitchens. He hasn't really done much. And he's more of a scrambler than a runner. Just like Kyle said, just checking out his stats real quick. Like he's never broke 165 yards rushing. Um, so he'll scramble, but he's not going to run. He's never going to, I don't think, get you enough points that way. I think he's, I think QB 20, QB 19 is about as high as you could hope for Baker at this point. Um, if he proves me wrong, that'd be great. But I just, I don't see it. So we- he had 486 pass attempts last year. And, you know, 16 games, he played every game. So with 17 games, he probably should get to 500. But even that, like, that's still assuming that they do pass more than last year. So um, I don't know. I just feel like the volume's not necessarily there. The efficiency's not crazy. Five, exactly 5.0 touchdown rate in his career, 7.4 yards per attempt. Uh, that's Those seem like, you know, just kind of going back to my mind. I looked at that a lot earlier a few months ago through all the quarterbacks. And that seems like it's kind of like right in line average with, with a bunch of guys. Like if I look at Derek Carr, for instance, uh, he is, cause I have it pulled up and I'm too lazy to look up anyone else. Okay. So better than Carr. Carr 4.4 yards per uh, or touchdown rate, seven yards per attempt. So better than Carr, but <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I don't know that enough efficiency to get him into the top 12. And being better than Carr, what's that? That doesn't really do anything for him. Because- so, so maybe maybe back end of top 20 was a little harsh on me. Maybe you're right, Troy. Maybe I should say kind of, you know, closer to 15. And Carr ends up at the 20 or, or lower. We'll leave Carr behind. I Drive think, off. I, I say 17. 17 is my ceiling for him. If he goes higher than that, that's awesome. Which, you know, look, he's a starting quarterback in a super flex league for you. But not one that I get especially um, excited over. Carr is a good uh, a good back end super flex quarterback because everybody dumps on him and the guy just consistently does good things. I think good enough things to have as your extra guy. He's just not going to give you the upside. And you know when when we play, you look at my quarterback rosters. All my quarterback rosters are pretty much built the same. It's upside and upside. And then on another roster, you look at oh, it's upside and upside, or it's upside and oh, I have Carson Wentz still because he was going to be the league MVP and I thought he was going to be awesome. And apparently now he's just a guy. But most of my quarterbacks, yeah, I want I want the running quarterbacks. I want the guys that are super mobile. Um, or, you know, Patrick Mahomes, which is an insane, just everything, uh, yards and touchdown rate and all that. Well, so, Carson Wentz is an interesting one. Troy, do you have Baker ahead of Carson Wentz in dynasty ranks? 
or how, how do you approach that? Wentz, Wentz is hard for me because I think I think I might be the only person that is as high on Wentz as Shane is. Like I just I, I could see it all coming together, and I guess I'm the eternal optimist in the off season, and that's why some of my teams suck because my teams are either always really good or really really bad because I'm either all in on on the right guys or I'm all in on the wrong guys, and I think Carson Wentz is going to be one of those guys this year. He's going to either be all he's going to be all right or all wrong because he's not going to fall in the middle. He's either going to be a top 10 quarterback or he's going to be a bottom 10 quarterback. So I, I did a startup, uh, I guess it's probably about a month ago now. And in the kind of middle of the third round, there were four quarterbacks that went Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, all within five, you know, within a five pick span. And that was the order. So when that one, someone chose Baker over both Rodgers and Wentz, I ended up actually taking Carson Wentz there. I can't imagine. Why would you? Give me two behind Russell Wilson. So we'll see. Why would people take either of those guys over? Wentz, okay, I can talk myself into, I guess. Well, no, I can't talk myself into taking Wentz or um, Mayfield over Rodgers, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got top QB1 upside for probably two more years. Is that worth more than, let's say, a QB2 for the next decade? To me, it is. even if I guess if you could project, can you project Carson Wentz to be a top 12 quarterback, I guess. But I think like at the bottom of that top 12, where it's like, all right, but I can get these guys where QB one, the legit QB one is not that easy to get. That's just me though. Again, that's, I play differently than some people. Some people like to play a little safer. I just, I just think you shoot for the upside there. And I think you shoot for two, three year windows, two year windows really. So I think we'll see Aaron Rodgers for at least two more seasons. And in those two seasons, you could give me top six seasons, both times. My the was- next, or, sorry, Troy. Go ahead, Cal. Sorry. The next two quarterbacks that went in the fourth round were Matt Ryan and Kirk cousins. So I don't know if we'd, you'd take either of those guys ahead of Carson Wentz. Kirk cousins. Um, because he's always a QB top 12 QB always. Like that's just what he is every year. Um, Matt Ryan is about dead. Um, no Julio. I know he still has Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, but that wide receiver core is really thin after Calvin Ridley. I mean, you get to Russell Gage and Akademus Obazaya. Um, yeah, I'm not feeling confident in that wide receiver core. I, I, I would Zacchaeus, but sure. Thanks. There, Shane. <laughs> I like Whatever. That. He knows his name. Aquaman. Yeah. A lot of people are hating on some of these older quarterbacks, but I mean, a dynasty window is two to three years. And I think Matt Ryan still has two to three years in him of decent, decent football play. And we're like way off of where we started with this, but yeah, whatever, but we're kind of, we're kind of whatever. But, um, but I will say that there's some real quarterback values out there this year. And, and um, if you believe, especially if you believe like that Watson's going to play, or I think Rogers is going to play. I thought it all along. Cause he's, he loves himself too much not to be in the, in the limelight, but I, um, I, so those two have fallen much farther than they should. I mean, hell Rogers was the number three quarterback last year, but with, with his age and all this off season drama, he's dropping to the, to like overall forties and fifties. And um, 
super flex league. So he's, he's definitely one you can scoop up on the cheap, but those older guys, him, Ryan Stafford, I think they're all going to have decent enough seasons that, to where they could be a QB one. I mean, obviously Rogers is the one that's most likely they're probably QB. The other two are probably QB twos, but have QB one upside and, and they still have enough time left to do, to do something. So Aaron Rodgers, interesting fact. I never remember if I'm supposed to put the D in his name or not. Um, QB 11 uh, going off the board at 2750 in DLF uh, June Superflex mock drafts. He sandwiched right in between Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Would you take Rodgers or Lance? I'd take both the rookies. In Dynasty, I'm probably taking both the rookies, but that's because I, I have the rookie fever right now too, just like everybody else. But, I mean, he's not – he it wouldn't – like, I wouldn't be mad if I took him – like, if I ended up with him instead of the other two. Like, if there was two people in front of me and those were those were the picks that went off the board, I wouldn't be like, oh, whatever am I going to do with Aaron Rodgers? How am I going to get through this season? <laughs> he's got a – Literally no trade value. And I thought, and I guess we could call this part of the news too. That's also again brought to you by underdogfantasy.com. Use trades HQ. He decided not to opt out. I never thought he was going to opt out because, like you, Troy, I think he's too much of a diva to ever step away from the limelight. There's no way he doesn't play. All that said, yeah, QB 11. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'd actually take Lance over him too. And then after him is where it gets into the next group of guys where it's like Sean Watson, who might be in prison. And then Matt Stafford, who's probably going to play longer, but won't give you those uh, those ceiling seasons that Aaron Rodgers is going to give you in the next couple of years. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers also decided to come back, if anyone cares, if there was ever a doubt. I mean, it, it was an interesting story because he could have saved – and I'm not going to go into this. Go look it up if you want. He would have – he could have made a lot of money just for sitting out, whereas if he holds out, he's going to lose a lot of money. So it was it was an interesting thing. And when you look at all the numbers together and the swing of, of money, ver, of if you had opted out today versus – or this weekend versus um, versus holding out, I just I, – I mean, he's got money, so whatever. But, I mean, he's, he's planning a big wedding, I'm sure. So I'm sure all that money helps, but – yeah, I don't think he wants to give back. To, it would have been like eleven million this year, eleven million next year if he continued the holdout. Like, I don't know that that's anyone wants to do that, no matter how rich you are, because I think rich people want to keep their wealth. That's why. They're yeah, so rich. based based on what I understand of rich people, they're fucking awful, and they want <laughs> as much money as possible um, at all times, no matter who it harms. So yeah, now I couldn't imagine he would give back any money. So I don't know about how awful they are, but I did, I used to do banquets and I did banquets for one of the Kansas city chiefs linemen when I was living in KC and he'd come from Indianapolis. And so a bunch of the Colts linemen were there and those were the coolest damn dudes, but they were huge and they could pack away food and drink. Let me tell you, but they, that was a hell, that was the coolest banquet I ever did, but I digress. <laughs> linemen, nice. line, yeah. Linemen are definitely different than quarterbacks, man. Quarterbacks are like, the white collar dudes that are just, you know, the CEOs of, of a business. Meanwhile, like linemen remind me of the, you know, like construction dudes, like real people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, that's what always commercials get, make me laugh, right? Actors, not real people. But I mean, actors are real people too. It's just their job. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had one more bit of news. Um, and this was yeah. fun when it came across the wire. Well, maybe not fun. That's probably <laughs> not the right word to use, but um. So Marion Terry uh, was indicted for murder, um, and then he was also released by Seattle. Um, so if you were stashing to Marion Terry, 
I would say you could move on. Um, generally, a murder charge is not really what you want for your UDFAs. Um, that's a lot to overcome, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah. If you haven't heard, Tamara and Terry is, uh, has been indicted for murder, so you might want to get and release him from your rosters. You don't think he's going to get the Ray Lewis treatment and just continue to play and get a big, uh, a big yeah. contract after his time in, uh, a, in football? The Marvin Harrison precedent at wide receiver. Okay, well, the also is he as good of a hair is he a good of a receiver as Marvin Harrison to to convince everyone to let him back? And I don't I don't want to say his name on air because I live in the same city as him and he's vindictive. But that man also made sure there was no witnesses left afterwards. Um, several years later, um, you don't mess with Marvin Harrison. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> Not saying so he, we're going to edit this part of the podcast yeah. out. I'm not saying he did anything because, um, you know, in the eyes of the law, he's innocent. But, uh, yeah, all I know is he, he was accused of shooting a dude and then that dude ended up dead a couple years later. So whatever. No beef. No beef here. Ray Lewis, man. Ray Lewis got to go to Disney World after he murdered someone. So that's always fun. Allegedly. Allegedly murdered someone. Excuse me. I don't I wasn't there. I don't want to get accused of slander. I don't know if he actually held the knife or not. Well, let's get moving to the <laughs> meat of the show today. Um, you know, we're going to try to help you through some trades. We're going to look at some trades that we've made. And um, we're going to look at a couple of things that we found interesting in the last uh, three hours since we decided to do this show together. And uh, and then we'll wrap it up and talk about the Patreon and, and wish you all a happy 4th of July. But we're going to start off with talking about why is it so damn hard to sell a wide receiver these days? Why is it? Do you have any theories? Because there's a lot of them. It's a, okay. So for example, I'm in a draft that I didn't, I don't know why I did this league, but it's a redraft league. It's free, but it's two quarterback, not super flex, two quarterback. And here's an example. So the first four rounds, I went straight quarterbacks because that's what I do. And they're all like, Oh, this guy's going to hoard. We'll just not trade with him. Okay. Well, you're not going to have a starting quarterback, but that's okay. Um, but in doing so I'm looking at the list and I can try to bring it up real quick, but like, there's still so many good receivers out there that, you know, Michael Thomas just went in the fifth round, which I know that people are down on him because we don't know who his quarterback's going to be, but really fifth round for Michael Thomas and, and there's, it's just, there's a lot of, all the wide receivers are together. It's, it's a group that that's about six rounds long. And, and it, any of these guys could go off or any of them could be duds. And we've seen it the last couple of years. Look at Seattle. If, you know, it depended on the game up there on which one was a dud and which one was a stud. So I think that's the biggest problem with wide receivers is people don't want to pay the big money for the top ones because you're not sure if they're going to get the love every day. And people don't want, obviously don't want to pay for the low ones because you're, they're buying on upside. So they're trying to get them cheap as it is. But I mean, is there anybody that, that you're looking to necessarily buy as a wide receiver, Shane, or when you're in a draft, you like, is there anybody that you go up for? Or do you just wait to see who's there? The, I know this year's rookie draft is a perfect example of it. We talked to, you guys have talked about this on this show, but we've talked about it a lot in the Patreon that there's about six wide receivers that you go, eh, I'll take whichever one comes to me. Yeah, you know what, and it's funny, so we had the uh, Hot Sauce uh, Listener League um, uh, draft, and part of the problem of why I have literally no wide receivers, I have A.J. Brown, and then every time I came up after that, I went, I can get this guy again in the next round. Now I can get this guy in the next round. 
I can get this guy in the next round. Eventually, uh, I ended up with like no receivers of note. I have like AJ Brown and like McCall Hardman. So I've maybe punted a little too hard, but the scoring settings um, actually lean towards that. No, there's not one wide receiver I want to buy right now. Um, I, I, I'm taking anyone that's like, you know, I'm trying to sell Woods. I'm trying to trade Tark. I'm trying to trade Galladay. Like, all I'm trying to do is get out on anyone over the age of 28, really. And I guess if I could get Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, or C.D. Lamb at a reasonable price, um, that's who I would buy. But there's not reasonable prices to be had on those guys. So it's definitely a weird market because it's the top of the market is like, you need to give me everything that's ever existed for this player. And then for every other wide receiver, it's um, I will give you a ham sandwich and you will accept it. And pretty much, but and Kyle, I'm going to let you add to this too, but I, I got one question off of something you said. So everybody still loves AJ Brown and I'm not saying you're wrong too, but it's like, you know, they got a really good wide receiver one. Yeah. He's old, but everybody's like acting like AJ Brown, you know, is going to get the same number of receptions as he did last year. You're not at all worried about AJ Brown right now, Shane. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I started doing something else. Um, <laughs> because i did no i'm not i'm not worried about aj brown at all um it's funny because i was doing some julio jones stat lookups things but it, it still works for this the titans are going to funnel their reset their targets through two players right it's what they did last year with Corey davis it's what they did with aj brown and they actually leaked in some junu uh smith I, I don't see that changing and aj brown is a guy that's just efficient like we've seen it now his entire career all two years of it and in his college career he's, he's a yak monster he's going to score touchdowns um as long as he gets 120 targets 130 targets which i think he can do um considering that the only other option in that offense is uh julio jones i, I still think he can be a wide receiver one kyle what's your he, thought on that and then i'll let you jump back on the earlier stuff too yeah, so with – Oh, my God. He only had 106 targets last yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say 106. Wow. He also only played 14 games, right? Okay, so, so, you know, at seven – you know, over full season, that would be 121. So, if he can kind of stay around that range, I think Tannehill's efficient enough. Um, but, you know, I mean, Corey Davis, 92 targets, again, 14 games. So, increasing of that, both, both uh, Brown and Julio should be able to see 100 targets in this offense – and that it's, do they monopolize enough to both get over 120? Uh, All I know is if you still have Julio, this is your last chance to get out. If he goes off this year and you're not a, a competitive team, you're not a team that is absolutely playing for the championship. I'm not talking like your team may be good enough to, for the championship. If you, if you have a trade deadline, which you're in the wrong league if you do, but if you have a trade deadline and you're not sure that your team's running is just going to go right into the championship game, no questions asked, this is your last chance to trade Julio. So this year, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to sell Julio, I, you know, just because I, I don't want a second round rookie pick. Um, I think I want, he gets off this year and you can get a first. I think he, if he gets back to Julio, Julio being Julio, I think you can get a first for him from the right guy, from the guy that's, that's the guy that's in those top, you know, a top four team. And he, he's just had one of his wide receivers go out on injury. That guy, I'll give you a first for him. It's it, you got to have the right situation, but even, even still, if I'm not, if my team's not really good, I'm taking that second round pick. And then I'll see when everybody gets rookie fever, what I can do with it. But I think I can get more for 
with a second round after the season than I can with Julio because everybody's going to forget that that's the thing about dynasty players is if, if a player's over 27, they seem to forget what they've done in their whole career because next year they're just going to suck. They're not going to be any good anymore. Yeah. I think that was the timing, right? Like right now, you know, the whole point of this discussion, this topic is why is it so hard to, get first for wide receivers right now. And is it because it's not in season right now? Is, is that something right. where suddenly in season happens, teams know whether they're competing or not. And that's when the picks fly a little more and, and those first go for those receivers more. So I think I would say with a lot of like running backs, like, like right now it'd be a bad time to sell Zeke or sell Mixon. Yeah. Wait, wait till they get on the field, produce a few games week two, week three, even if you're a contender, flip them to get picks that you can later flip to get other players. I right? like the, the constant cycle there. So I guess that applies to wide receivers now too, suddenly not just running backs. But what, what we were talking about with, so in a, in a, in a startup redraft that I'm in, Allen Robinson is the next wide receiver I'm looking at. Jamar Chase is out there as well. Chris Godwin, Keenan Allen. I mean, um, with this scoring setting, I'm after Robinson and Allen next, but there's, it, they're all the same. I could go with any of those guys. You know, I'm, I'm about eight picks away. I'm going to be happy with who's ever there. I've got, like I said, I got my quarterbacks figured out, so I'm going to go ahead and grab a wide receiver here. But really, if I waited another round, I would be fine. I'm not going to have anything at running back in this league. But if you don't get the top of the running backs, J.J. Zacharyson's talked about this a lot lately on his pod. It, you just have to wait and, and just try your zero RB and, and see where it takes you or trade for a good one when they start off slow or something like that. But I just there's there's just they're all the same. T. Higgins is, is still available. Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is one that, I'm not so sure about because I just don't know what that team's going to look like. But I think that's a lot of the problem too, is a lot of these teams have two or three good receivers or, or it's one thing that JJ talked about on his show was that, you know, a lot of these guys are getting rookie quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks usually have one guy that they throw to their first season. And so if you don't land on the right guy, then the rest of the team you're shot. So obviously I'm hoping that Allen Robinson is the guy in Chicago, which he should be. And he's going to have the best situation of his of his career. So he honestly should be going higher. But because nobody knows who's playing quarterback there, he's falling and, and nobody wants to trade for him because he's, you know, he feels like he's really old. I don't think he is. He feels like he's really old because he's just been around forever. He's 27. So he, he's that magical drop off age that Shane talked about in the in the Patreon. It's just I don't know what it is, but I, I love Allen Robinson. I love Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is 29 and he feels like he's 45 because he's just been around forever. And, you know, both those guys were hampered by injuries early on. And, and some people still think that they're injury prone, but those are two great guys that you can get, you know, their ADP on sleeper is, is 47 and 49 respectively. And they're going in the middle of the fifth round in a two quarterback league or may go in the middle and they may drop even farther. I don't know. That's, that's my biggest problem. I mean, are those guys too low in this league guys? What do you think, Kyle? Well, I, so I drafted Adam Thielen in the 10th round of a startup. Um, and so I'm trying to look at where those particular guys you mentioned when Keenan Allen was in the seventh round. Yeah. See uh, people hate Adam Thielen too. I don't know what happened with him, but all of a sudden he is kryptonite for everybody's Superman team. I mean, that's why you can't trade him because there's all these guys out there and nobody knows what they are. He had an unusual touchdown season because he's yeah. never really been a high touchdown variance guy. And suddenly he had mass. So he like, you know, what do you have? 14 touchdowns. And I, I, I believe, I don't think he's ever had double digit touchdowns any other season. So even that year where he was the wide receiver one for the, you know, the first 
part of the season where he, you know, hundred yard receiving game after hundred yard receiving game is all did it mostly on receptions and, and yards, not so much on touchdowns. So does he revert back to that? And, you know, maybe is becomes more consistent if the touchdown numbers decrease, does he, can he possibly catch more passes or is it all downhill? Um, so again, like I, like I said, I drafted him in the 10th round that at that point, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I like buying at that price. So if, if maybe that's, that's my answer there of who, which receiver I'm buying. It's the ones that are so cheap, like Adam Thielen. Uh, I also drafted uh, my pick right before that in the, at the end of the ninth was Michael Pittman. And I think all the Colts receivers are super cheap. Like I think pretty sure I was the first one to take the plunge there. Like T Y Hilton and Paris Campbell went after that. So uh, really, you know, take your bet on any of the Colts receivers. Cause they're all at such a cheap price that they're probably pretty attainable. I guess, again, startup price, varies on trade price for sure but so i'm guessing i I think thielen's probably someone that i guess that was actually a recent conversation in uh, one of the chats whether it was hq or or dynasty and chill about uh i think scott connor specifically mentioned adam thielen right as as the guy that you'll never get a first for but you don't really want to sell just for a second because of the potential production so you know maybe you know maybe hold until you're you're not competing and, and get the second in season or maybe again someone gets desperate enough for a first if he's scoring a bunch of touchdowns still well, and remember, players are always worth more when they're on your team than when they're on somebody else's. I mean, any conversation you have, people are always like, yeah, you know what? I'd trade him for a first, but I would I would buy him for a second. Well, then something, you know. What, no one's selling them for a second, so it doesn't matter, though. Right. You know, but any player, it's like, I'd buy that player for a first, or I'd sell that player for a first, but I'd buy him for a second. Well, no, then what's going on there? You can't expect to get a first if you're not going to pay a first for him. I mean, you might get lucky, I guess, but, and I know that's the whole value equation and all that, but I just, I, I've always, you know, you know, it's funny just looking at the ADP on the um, top 12 wide receivers, there's going to be some churn there in the next year, even because five of the top 12 guys are 27 or older. And again, I, I know 28 isn't old in real life and dynasty's gotten a little better with not, just being in love with the young folk, but 28 is that age where we start going, all right, well, his value is never going to get higher because it just won't because he won't, because he's not going to get younger. I can go get a guy that's six years younger than him with the same upside. So there's six guys, what did I say? Six guys age 27 or older. That'll be 28 or older this time next year. So I think we'll see a lot of churn, a lot of churn. Um, younger ish guys like uh terry mccall what do you call his name terry mclaurin yeah him um brandon Ayuk, uh chase cloak claypool these are all guys that could uh definitely jump up devonta smith obviously he's a rookie um so if devonta smith hits we're gonna see some churn in the wide receiver market next year where a lot of these older guys <laughs> older. what if jerry judy smashes how much more valuable will he be I love Judy. I, I still don't understand why people think he was bad last year. Um, I know he had some drops. I mean, he's wide receiver 31, which is just ridiculous to me because um, I'm taking him over Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, probably definitely Adam Thielen, who's wide receiver 22. There's like eight guys in front of him that I would take. Maybe I need to go try to trade for Judy. Maybe he's a, mm. someone that I can target. Yeah, the second year breakout, banking on it. I mean, I'd rather have Judy than Sutton. I don't know where that ADP is or, or con- con- comparable between those two, but uh, Sutton's going ahead of him, wide receiver twenty five. And I'm with you. I want I want Judy over Sutton too, and not because I'm that convicted that Judy's going to be that much better, but I know for a fact he's three years younger. Not coming off a torn ACL as well. Yeah. That's that's a yeah. little nice too. You can get Sutton in the eighth and ninth round. That and I love that value. 
So, so here's something that I did. I I did this quite a few months ago, probably maybe right after the season. So January, February, uh, contracted salary league. And with uh, Sal Lito, I know the potathons coming up. So shout out to Sal. And I, I had the second most amount of cap space and Sal had the first, like the, the most, and it was quite a large margin. So what I decided to do is I was looking at my roster and like, man, I got Cortland Sutton two years left on this contract, 13 million per year. Like I, I just need to get rid of this. And so I went and I looked at the, you know, the salary and like who can even afford him? Cause like, uh, you know, unfortunately it's a reality sports online league. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I love reality sports online. I love that part. But the unfortunate thing is their salary cap is based on the NFL salary cap and they did not give any uh, leeway this year. So it dropped. So if you have RSO teams scrambling with lack of cap space. So I was like, well, he's probably one of the only few that's going to buy Sutton anyway. And I actually really want him Sutton on his team. So it can kind of equal out our cap, make it a little closer, make come auction time. I'll be, you know, be able to compete a little better with him. So I just offered him for a third. And I figured that's low enough that Sal will probably take it and not worry about the, the extra cost and because he has so much cap space. And so I got a free third out of it. I got rid of the salary. Now, if it was just a straight up league, I think a third selling it a little low, but that's kind of my process on, on Sutton of, I don't really care. And uh, you know, the third is worth, you know, the third and the savings and cap space and that roster spot is worth more than the contract that Sutton had. Cause he falls into that space of a, a bunch of guys for you. So that's why, and yeah, salary cap, obviously if no one's played it, it's very different. There's definitely different considerations. The fact that you have to work around salary cap being the biggest, um, which yep, doesn't you know. seem, yeah, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard, right? Until you start playing and you're like, holy sh- this is really, uh, this is really different, huh? You have to know your rules because like I do dynasty owner, because I've been in with them since like day one and they don't use the NFL salary cap. They use their own, but they use NFL salaries. And mm-hmm. when somebody gets a new contract, you have like seven days to, to keep or, or toss. And so you've got to be able to move on it that quick on what you're going to do. And sometimes that means throwing back a really good player just because you can't afford the money. But I mean, yep. like somebody waived OBJ last year and I, I was awful. So I scooped him up, but I'm right up against the cost. And I have Matt Ryan. I may have to cut Matt Ryan because he's $30 million a year. You know, it's you just got too much. He's overpaid. Cut that bum. But then yeah, you got to you gotta find just cut. there's no quarterbacks in that league that aren't overpaid. So yeah. it's you got to get guys on their rookie deals, right? Well, league. that's what it is. So people were trading up in the first round, and I was surprised at how many. And I don't want to get too far off on this, but there was a lot of quarterbacks that went really early. I was I had like uh, I had the 101, and I took um, Najee because I had nobody at running back. And then I had 110 and I was sure I was going to get a quarterback at 110 and I was going to cut Ryan. And I, I don't know that. I think I got Mac there, which I'm a big Mac guy, which you guys know. Um, And if he does get the starting job, then yeah, I can cut Ryan. But until Mac Jones is a starter, they give you 25% for the guys on your bench. So, so you have your starting quarterback and then you have your bench quarterback and you're still getting points for that guy. So you want to have somebody getting something. And so right now, I've got Ryan and Daniel Jones. And so until that's until I'm sure that I've got something good in Daniel Jones and, and Mac Jones, um, then I'll, I'll move forward on that. But any last thoughts on wide receivers before we move on? Um, no, just to reiterate, apparently we're targeting Jerry Judy now. Okay. And Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen. I'm not targeting Adam Thielen, okay. but I will target Jerry Judy. I wonder if random first will get it done for him. That's what I'm going to try. Random first for Jerry. I think you'll get it. I think you'll get more than you'll fail. Um, I'll tell you, I, I have a lot of Lockett and Godwin in my best balls. A lot of Lockett and Godwin in, in your best balls. So, 
Yeah, you know, I got to lock it to him in best ball because he keeps falling. And I'm like, well, I mean, in best ball, I want a guy that can win a week by himself. Yep. And, you know, those those zero point weeks or those eight point weeks don't really hurt me because someone else will get in there. And Godwin, uh, you know, you were talking about him earlier. I think he's tremendously undervalued right now. No, tremendously yeah. undervalued top 15 ADP being relative. But yeah. Cause he, like, I remember drafts last year, startup drafts in 2020 and he was going as the, the wide receiver too, yeah. whoever that was lined up in the draft. And so for it to just drastically fall another thing too, the flip, right. Cause last year, I think almost everywhere I saw Kittle as the number one dynasty tight end one amazing season by Kelsey. And I mean, like the previous season in 2019, they were almost identical points per game in PPR. I think it was like 15.9 each. And so like decimal points separating them. And suddenly one big season, and I think it's totally flipped. And now, you know, even though Kelsey's one year older, which I think was kind of the age, the big, the difference in age was the reason Kittle was ahead of Kelsey. Even though Kelsey's one year older, suddenly I've seen a lot flipped where Kelsey's kind of going to the dynasty tight end one. I remember in the, the startup I keep referencing, I, I was the first to take a tight end with Kittle and everyone was kind of just like shocked that it was Kittle, the tight end, not, not Kelsey or maybe not Pitts. I don't know, but like, I, I don't, I still have Kittle as the dynasty tight end one. I think, you know, as an athlete, just incredible. It's what you want to invest in. And he's younger than Waller and, and Kelsey, maybe not as much mileage or, you know, maybe a little you know, comparable mileage to Waller, certainly. But I, I still view him as the tight end one. So I don't know why it's it's flipped suddenly. I, I get the season was so great last year, but I really do feel like it's just overreacting to one season when these guys basically had identical production the year before. Like one thing, Kelsey's one better, longer. Yeah. I mean, I look, I mm-hmm. Kibble's still my tight end one over Kelsey. Um, but I've been playing dynasty longer. I think there's this, the, the current trend in dynasty is what have you done in the last uh, year? Um, not, no one's really looking long-term anymore, which is fine. You know what I mean? It's completely fine. I still look out like two years, but a lot of people, I think uh, it's just super redraft, which is fine. I mean, it's fun. I like that it's changed, um, you know, a, a few years ago, you know, if the situations were similar and it was 2015, I don't know that it would matter. I know that Kittle would be the tight end one because he's 26 and Kelsey's, you know, 32 or whatever it is he is. Um, I'm, I've always been Kelsey number one, and I'm staying that way until the day he hangs him up. So until he gives me a reason that he's not, he'll be my number one. So I mean, to be fair, like, what is he? Was he on four or five straight years as the tight end one? Yeah, so, yeah, he's, so. he's been really good. Um And there's no reason to think that, you know, and again, that's where he could be the tight end one again next year and the year after that. Um, So I wouldn't take, say, mm, yeah, I would take Thomas Thomas over him. Yeah, but I wouldn't take TJ Hawkinson over Kittle, or excuse me, over uh, Kelsey, even though I know Hawkinson's going to have the longer career. I think Hawkinson can be an elite tight end, but I don't know that. Hawkinson could also be the tight end seven for the next decade, which – isn't worth as much as two tight end one seasons to me. I'm still struggling with Hawkinson over Andrews, to be honest. I did. I did today in a best ball, take Hawkinson over Andrews because I decided it's a, the Canadian uh, national best ball league. And uh, this year they're doing divisions, uh, six divisions, of original six teams. And I got into the Detroit Red Wings division. So I decided, you know, Patrick Mahomes first pick, I'm going to, I'm going to try and build the lions roster, the Detroit lions, Detroit Red Wings figured it, it uh, went in. So I took Hawkinson swift at the turn and maybe I'll try and get golf as the second QB at the, the four or five turn 16 teams. So it will, you know, it might, I, I didn't think I reached on either. It's two points per tight end uh, per, 
for reception for tight end. That's why I kind of went, thought Hawkinson was the, the pick anyway, thinking he's going to catch a ton of passes. And then, you know, my next favorite running back, it was like Swift, Jones. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is on the board, but like I was kind of debating between Swift and Jones. And I'm like, I might as well go for the stack, get the best ball lineup build. So I know this suddenly turned into a best ball episode. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. You <laughs> I'm going to get back to trades. It's an all it's an all over episode, and it's funny because I thought Andrew Hall was going to be on with us too, and he had something come up at the last minute. But he said, "I have forty minutes." I so I told my wife, "I said I'm going to do a pod tonight, but I have forty minutes." Well, we passed forty minutes because Zoom told me, "Hey, we're going to give you more time today because I don't pay for Zoom." So thanks, Zoom. But, Appreciate that, uh, Zoom. It's like yeah. they knew you were recording an HQ episode, and <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, this is going to go all over the place." Like we went long enough that I don't even care about my next topic. But another wide receiver that we're buying. Um, yeah, so I'm doing the Chris Godwin pivot now. Um, anywhere I own CD Lamb, I'm trying to trade him for Chris Godwin plus just to see if people do it. Um, I might do the same thing with Justin Jefferson because Chris Godwin's still only 25 years old and he was the wide receiver two coming in the last season. So I think I'm going to see if I can make any of those moves, especially in. And when, when I say I make these moves, please understand the leagues I'm playing in are usually start 10, 11. Like if it's a smaller starting lineup, I wouldn't do that. Like I, I don't want to downgrade, I guess is the right word. The perfect example. I mean, I think any of those receivers, like any of that tier, like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Shane, was it you that were saying you had the league where you just have AJ Brown at receiver and nothing else? Yeah. That'd be the perfect league to do it in, right? Try and go get yeah. Godwin and, and maybe a, a tertiary receiver, not even another pick, just another wide receiver that's better than anyone you have on your lineup anyway, but maybe they view as a wide receiver five, six. Yeah, but this is, so hopefully no one from Hot Sauce listens to this until I make those offers, but yes. You've got some time. You've got about a day at least to get it to get it figured out before I can get this. Unless they're, in, I guess, if they're patrons, then I might get it up a little faster because I don't need to edit it. There you go. Um, he said he didn't care about his next topic, but I actually do, and I, I'm going to make a quick okay. point on this, and then I'll throw it to you guys, and and we'll go from there. But but Shane was going to bring up our insignificant trades actually significant. So I don't know how significant this is, but it definitely could be. This goes back to how deep is your bench, how deep is your lineup. You know, what positions you have to fill, how many flex spots you have, things like that. But in a league that Shane is in as Dynasty Trades HQ, it looks like they traded the third round pick for Naheem Hines. And I love the hindsight of this so much. He may be nothing, but he may be to the moon. He may be the GameStop stock this year because that offense works with Naheem Hines. And so I really like that deal. If you can get a player like that, that has super high upside for a third round pick, do it today, do it tomorrow, do it the next day. As long as you have the bench space, bench space is valuable. And that is, that is the biggest thing about trades like this is you have to have the bench space, but that's why I always cruise the guys that have way too many players on their teams. Although that's usually me um, right before the draft to see who, um, who's going to have to start cutting guys. And then I throw out these third round picks because a third round picks a lottery ticket. Naheem Hines is a lottery ticket, but I like my odds with him a little bit better than I do the third round pick. Uh, Kyle, what do you think on that? Well, I bought Naeem Hines for a second in the league. Now it's rookie Debbie combined. So, you know, and, and this, this will end up being, I think the year three of the Debbie draft. So by that point, they'll entering the draft will already have been right. 36 Debbie players taken. So they're getting to the weeds. So maybe not as valuable. So it probably is comparable to a third, but I, you know, if, if it's like a swap down, like I'll give up a second to get Heinz and, and another pick added type of thing. Like I, I'm willing to do that type of trade. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about that value. He, he might catch a lot of passes there. 
I mean, it, like I was just, you know, we were saying earlier, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, any of the tight ends, like any of them could catch a ton of passes and Hines is probably included in there too. And it's my favorite move to make is uh, where I don't really care if I win the trade or not because it's a third round rookie pick and you're not supposed to use those to pick players anyway. You're supposed to use those in trades because the players you would draft in the third are going to suck. No, not every one of you drafted Terry McLaurin in the third. Shut up. No, you didn't. I was going to say Naeem Hines is probably a third round pick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, if you actually find one that's useful, has some utility for a third round pick, knock it out of the box, do it. The last thing I wanted to hit on before we got out of here, and this one is mine because he's such a polarizing player, but it's the whole Nick Chubb and include Kareem Hunt in the conversation who the Chubb is, I guess I'm shocked by this. His ADP according to sleeper is 11 and he went number 12 in that redraft startup that i'm in and i'm shocked i'm like i didn't think he was going that high because you can never get that value in trade for him you're never getting first round first round value for chubb i recently traded him in a single qb um league where i'm loaded and it's like a start eight and i just needed to get i had a lot of draft picks because i've been picking up um 2021 was supposed to be this you know one of once in a lifetime draft that it didn't quite end up being. So I had picked up like eight of the first round picks. So I had, I had already gotten the players I wanted. I still had 108, 109 and 110. And I traded those three to a guy that's that wanted that actually saw value in the draft. And he sent me Nick Chubb. And that's about as much as I've seen for Chubb. And that's again, single QB. Now, if that was um, super flex, that would be a lot bigger of a trade, but I mean, that's pretty good value, but I don't think that those three, rookie picks get you a first rounder you know you you couldn't go and say tell somebody i'll trade you 111 for 110 111 and 112 in the uh in the 2021 rookie draft i don't think people do that am i wrong am i am i i haven't seen it for chubb i think chubb is a very hard trade right now he is definitely a guy you can try to buy but people like him that have him but he's not a guy that if you get him you're not gonna you're not gonna sell it is that what you're seeing too shane yeah, I mean, I, I've actually tried to move him in a couple leagues, and he's another guy that, yeah, I really don't. Because what can I tear down to? I think anyone, like, I want to tear down to like Miles Sanders and something, um, but it's always the something. Like, it's always going to be either just too much or too little, and it doesn't make sense. Um, he's always going to be capped for me, not just because of Kareem Hunt, but just because that's how they use him. Like he's not the receiving back there. He had a, his second year, he had a ton of targets until Kareem Hunt got there. And then that stopped. And then last year we saw they barely targeted him. Um, So he can be the running back eight. He could probably be the running back seven. I just, I don't see running back one seasons ever in his range of outcomes. And also he was incredibly efficient scoring touchdowns last year, um, which is one of those things I never trust. He was RB8 off the board in that in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, it's funny because I I'm I think I don't think I have any I have zero percent uh, Nick Chubb rostership at this current moment. Uh, I know there was one league where I I was in negotiation, you know, trying to get him in acquire him in a trade, and it's a 10 team super flex and, and it you know I had the 104 and it was gonna cost me. I think eventually he would have settled on probably the 104 straight up, but I mean, I took Justin Fields there, even in the 10 team super flex, I felt that it was, uh, you know, the quarterback was still worth it. So that was, that was the price there that it took. So I think giving up those three late, I mean, to be fair, like in your, in your league, Troy fields might end up being one of those picks, but certainly in a single quarterback league, don't necessarily value him as high there. So I feel as, you know, it, 
the price for Chubb could be higher than it, it. You know, you see it, it's three firsts. And like that's, oh my God, three firsts is crazy. But you see it's, oh, it's the 108, 109, 110 and a single quarterback. That's not the, the most potential league changing, you're not getting chase, not getting pits, not getting any of the, the, probably those top three running backs. So it, the, you know, that's not, I don't think you're buying Chubb at his absolute highest price. So it makes it a good buy in that sense. Um, I saw him in the, the startup I did, sorry, uh, two tight ends. Yeah. Start two tight ends and there's two super flex spots. So you can start three quarterbacks a week. So pretty crazy there. He went four Oh two, uh, one pick right before me. And I was debating between him and cam Akers. I kind of view them similarly. Like they might struggle to catch passes, but both could be efficient runners on the ground with high touchdown upside. So the decision was made for me. I, I, I like Akers there, but I, I think I have them both kind of next to each other in dynasty ranks is kind of, uh, I, I might actually have them as like my t- uh, running backs four and five, but like, it's like a, you know, top three, then a big tier break of probably four through 13, 14 is kind of being one flat tier. And it's funny. I kind of I, like running back to me kind of got to, to there now too. I, I don't, uh, you know, everyone's got their warts, right? Like with Chubb and Akers, are they going to catch enough passes? Swift, he's probably going to catch enough passes. Is he going to get enough early down? How's Barkley's health? What's the offense like with Kamara? Is Zeke going to rebound? Can Derrick Henry withstand that? The, all those carries, right? Like, there's all these questions of players. There is Ch going to take a step up? Is Dobbins going to catch passes? So, I mean, even even Taylor might have some question marks, but I, I really do view him as a you know in that top three tier with McCaffrey and Cook and Taylor. So, I guess whatever whatever running back is the cheapest is probably the one I buy. I don't know if that was the question to answer there, but Chubb is just kind of in that in that tier, and I do like him again. I think I have him ranked as dynasty running back four right now. So I do like him more than most, but it's funny. Cause Shane, the year you had Baker as QB two, I remember I had Baker at QB four and I had zero shares of him because I, I viewed it as a top, you know, a top three, top four tier. And I didn't like it. I wanted to attack the end of that second tier, which I think that year was guys like Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. So I got a ton of them. So even though I, I had Baker ranked at forward, even though I have Nick Chubb at four, doesn't mean I'm going to get a lot of it. Cause I, I'm attacking more of the ends of the tiers. So, yeah, so that was a long-winded way to answer that question, I think, and maybe some others. So to give you an idea of what his value was in this one specifically, again, single QB, no tight end premium. It's somewhat of a home league. It's it's my oldest league. It's like 11 years old. That's how I acquired all these picks. But I took Harris, Chase, and Pitts, one through three, and then Lawrence went four to somebody else in a single QB. ETN and Williams I grabbed up at five and six. Somebody took somebody else, the same person that actually took Lawrence, had this pick, she took Smith. And when she took Smith from Philly, the wide receiver, that was when I decided that I was done. I don't know what Chubb's value is. It's the forever mystery. <laughs> so so he ended up getting – so he knew that the, the pick was up. So he ended up picking up Sermon, Carter, Michael Carter out of for the Jets, and Waddle in Miami. And I like those picks, but, I mean, I'd rather – in this league, especially where I started eight and my team's loaded, I definitely needed Chubb over those three. And then – to the quarterbacks, like you're talking about, Lance and Fields went next. Gainwell actually went um, the top of the second, and then I took Zach Wilson, and that's where we're at right now. And I needed I needed a backup quarterback because mm-hmm. I only had one QB. And I try in Dynasty, I try to run two QBs, even a single QB league, because you get injuries and other stuff. And and um, our league's deep enough that that we don't have a ton of of quarterbacks on the waiver wire, and there's a reason. But I have Kyler Murray, so I don't necessarily need a second QB. So if Zach Wilson's great, cool. Then I can trade Murray. If he's not, then I can move on from him with little cost, especially at the point in that league where I was at. Why don't we uh, talk about our Patreon chain? Oh, we have a Patreon. Um, Dynasty Trades HQ on the Patreon. I, I don't know. Um, join it. 
you get to host shows sometimes. Maybe we'll even let you edit. Um, you have a group me chat. Um, group me chat is clutch because if not for the group me chat, probably wouldn't have had a show this week. Um, all the patrons are awesome. Uh, they'll even sacrifice their own listening so that other people may have a show to listen to that week. Um, plus, you know, the Zoom parties that we didn't do yes. last month, swag when it gets to you, um, if it actually makes it to you because I'm bad at mailing things, uh, bonus podcasts and uncensored version of this show. I don't know about this. Yeah, this specific show, this one, not every week, not this show every week, because that would be weird. This show's not going to be much said. You were actually a pretty good boy in this one. Uh, why don't you, uh, I know this is normally Jeremy's thing, but he's out on assignment. So why don't you uh, I think that's talk about store this? Envy. No one buys anything from there. Whatever. <laughs> I think I'll plug it. Um, instead of even plugging that, just go give money to a charity instead of, uh, uh, you know, buying anything from Store Envy and their wildly overpriced uh, goods. Okay. <laughs> ATHQ.StoreEnvy.com. I do want to get a couple of things, but I haven't got them done yet. Um, our uh, shout out goes out to um, the old man. He's a, uh, he's a little ill this week, so hopefully he'll be better. Um, you know, we, we like to pick on him, but as a guy that's hit 40 this year and my knee has decided that it doesn't like me anymore. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be much older at 55 than Mr. Sipes is. So uh, I hope, I hope Mike gets better and, and can be back to lead this mess next week. Cause I don't know. He's, um, was a little disjointed. Oh, I skipped over um, two trades. Shoot. That's fine. We did them. We talked about them, basically. Okay. I'll cut this up. Uh, the Patreons will probably get this a full day before everybody else because I won't have to do – I'm not going to cut hardly anything from the Patreons. Oh, Shane, you need to send me the audio for the front. And uh, Yeah, I'll ask Sipes to do that. You, you think, again, you think I have any of this? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have it from the last time I did it, but I don't think I have it anymore. Anyway. I literally just show up every week. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Groen and Michael Sipes and, and Shane for having done this show for years. I, just a quick, quick story. Um, Shane is one of the first people that I met when I really got heavy into Dynasty. For the longest time, I was just listening to the um, DLF podcast. And I actually was on DLF when it didn't have a paywall. And the first year it had a paywall, I said something about it on Twitter. And I assume Ryan or somebody from the team actually gave me half off the first year it was buying the paywall, which was really cool. Um, but I, I just had that in Dynasty Nerds. And then I really wanted to get into this. So I searched Dynasty Fantasy Football shows and I found this one and I started to listen to it. And I thought, and I was listening and Shane made some crack on Sipes or something, probably Sipes. And I thought, man, this guy is a jerk. And then I started, and then he said something else. I laughed. I said, well, this guy's a jerk, but he's funny. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll keep listening. And, and, you know, three or four episodes later, I, I was, you know, in love with Shane. So, um, and then Shane actually helped me get into the writing community, which helped me get into Scott Fishbowl last year. Unfortunately, not this year, but I was able to participate last year, which was awesome. And I've met a lot of amazing people, um, both through the Patreon and through this community. And, and of course, like anything, there's toxicity in this community, but, but there are some really good people. And, and these guys, Dynasty Trades HQ and the people in the Patreon are those guys. So, um, Big thank you to you guys for uh, continuing to do this show. And big thank you, especially to you, Shane, for all you've done for me. Big thank you for letting me host today. Big guy, thank you to Kyle. Kyle, give us your Twitter handle again. Yeah, so I'm at Senra Says. I just want to shout out to Sipes. You've already kind of referenced to Troy, but uh, Sipes, we're blitzing you with some positive thoughts. So yes. hope, uh, you hear this and enjoy this. At FF Blitz and then um, at Dynasty Madman. Um, of course, Jeremy Anthony Broen. 
um, our good friend that uh, isn't here today for whatever reason. And um, and I am at Voice of Fuego. Of course, Shane is at Shane is the worst. Uh, Shane, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, that, I got nothing. Just sipes. Don't don't die, buddy. Just no, be okay. Just don't die. I okay. To host every week, and then he's yeah. fine. And then it's going to end up being Russ all the time or something because Russ does every <laughs> podcast. So love you, Dynasty Outhouse. Um, and everyone have a happy July Fourth, except yeah. for Canadians. If this makes it by, by the end of the day tomorrow, if not, I hope you had a July fourth, good July fourth, and you didn't, um, you weren't like uh, Pierre Paul and blew off your fingertips. So yeah. hopefully, all your fingers are still attached. And have a good week. And until we speak next time, um, I am Voice in Fuego, Troy Olson. Uh, have a great week, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Say goodbye, Shane. Bye, Shane. Thank you. That's what I forgot. <laughs>